I mean, I honestly just kind of forget how we intro these every single time, Carl, but uh, I guess we are back with another Wiki Weekdays podcast, and Mm -hmm. thank you all for joining us. I, myself, am Lucas Holland, and I am joined by my co-host, Carl Smallwood, here today. Hello. We are here to, you know, bring a Wiki article each for, I guess, the judgment of the viewers, because we want to know... Which wiki won this week? Yes, and I believe there was no theme this week, but I, I've got a sneaky suspicion we might have brought the same wiki. I don't think we have, because I haven't picked something that like is necessarily relevant. So I'll be... Okay. I'll be surprised. Because I just said, what's yours about? And you said video games. And mine's also about video games, but it's something very specifically about video games that I read through and was like, mate, we need to cover this. Okay, okay. I'm excited. So, Carlin, if you have, you know, got something to bring to the table, why don't you kick us off with the very first wiki of the podcast? Okay, so the first wiki I'd like to cover is the Wikipedia entry, a link to which you can find below, on the Super Mario Bros. film, the 90s version. Okay, so I will say, you know, Nintendo-themed podcast today. Okay, so I was close, but we've not got the same thing now. We have not got the same thing, but we have we have both picked something Nintendo-related indeed. Okay, then. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know about it, because that's it. I've never seen this. I'm only aware of its reputation. It feels like a movie that no one has seen, but people know about. It's in a weird place in terms of, like, you know, pop culture. Yeah, I definitely think, like, people a little bit older than us are the ones that will have seen it when it's come out. I think a lot of people have watched it. In a similar way to, you know, a movie like The Room where people go and intentionally watch bad movies that have, mm-hmm. like, that meme factor to them. But, um, no, I never watched it when it came out because I was, like, a year old or whatever and I've never yeah. gone back and watched it since. Came out in 1993. So, uh, for anyone like myself and Lucas who maybe isn't familiar with the Mario Bros movie, so Super Mario Bros, also known as Super Mario Bros The Movie... Um, is a 1993 fantasy adventure film based on Nintendo's Super Mario video game series. It's the first live-action film based on a video game. That was feature-length. Is it based on the Super Mario Brothers, Carl? That's really debatable, isn't it? It kind of is, and it was directed by the husband and wife team of Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel, and it was written by Who Gives a Fuck and starring Bob Hoskins as Mario and John Leguizamo as Luigi. Yeah, that's like, it's got a, you know, a trio of good actors in it, of like Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and uh, Dennis Hopper, I believe, is Bowser. Dennis Hopper is Bowser, yeah. And, uh, mate, you wait till we get to the casting section. There is some (laughs) nonsense in there. But, so development began after producer Roland Joffe obtained the Mario film rights from Nintendo. So, and if anyone doesn't know, this movie was so famously, infamously bad that Nintendo went. Fuck you, no one's allowed to make mo- things about our movies anymore. Or no one's allowed to make movies based on our um, products anymore. That's essentially why it took 30 years to get another Mario Bros. movie, is because the reputation of this one was so bad. Well, here we go, though, Lucas, but the uh, the screenwriters envisioned Super Mario Bros. as a subversive comedy influenced by Ghostbusters and The Wizard of Oz. Um, the game's setting was drawn... Inspiration was drawn from Super Mario World, with elements drawn from fairy tales and contemporary American culture. Cast things up. I've, again, I've never seen the film. I've seen screenshots. I've seen clips. 
it's so dark. It's, it's so oppressively. It's like um, some... uh, just like dark and dour in tone and just scene setting and lighting and the set design and stuff like that. There's no color at all in there, but it says it was inspired by Ghostbusters, which yeah, is somewhat realistic, but has those colorful, cool, fun ghosts and visual effects. The Wizard of Oz, which is famously is one of the first big color movies that mm-hmm. introduced people to the idea of color. And the Super Mario World, which is again super colorful and vibrant and bright. Yeah, like that is, I would have. If you'd asked me, like, what movie had inspired this, I can't remember when that need this other movie came out timeline wise, so I'm not sure whether it would work out. But I would have said this was inspired, like, fucking Blade Runner or something. Yeah, from the looks like, of it, like, just as you say, this weird, creepy, grey dystopian universe. Yeah, if you'd have told me it would have been inspired by fairy tales and The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> I'd be like, what? Like, where did you get any of that from? Because it's like one of the things that everyone knows about it is that nothing looks like it did in the original game except for Mario and Luigi. Like, Toad's just a dude, and then Yoshi's like, oh, God. And yeah, Yoshi's just a dude as well, right? And then the Goombas are like these weird trench coat-wearing alien people with tiny heads. Oh, man. I think Dennis Hopper as Bowser with the spikes on his head instead of actually being like a giant. <laughs> and I think the only time I've ever seen a hairstyle worse than that for a main like villain is in the Tekken movie. Oh, there's a Tekken movie that exists, and they gave the lead bad guy Heihachi's haircut, oh. and it looks so shit because you can't translate that haircut to live action. I'm it sorry. It reminds me of the original X Men where they were trying to get Hugh Jackman's hair to look like the little quiffed up yeah, Wolverine the, yeah, the tops. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it, it doesn't work, and I'm glad that they toned it down. In like, and they only have a reference to it in like Logan, where it's the kids shave his beard yes. to look like the Wolverine beard, but he leaves the hair the same. Yeah, that was hilarious when you look back and go, yeah, they thought that was a good idea. My favourite bit about watching the first X-Men movie again is that Halle Berry tried to do an African accent. It never stops being funny that she tried to do an African accent. Absolutely fucking got roasted for how bad it was and then dropped it in every subsequent film. And, you know, a similar thing happened with uh, Scarlet Witch, right? Like, slowly just loses that fake Eastern European-ish accent. And, um, I, you know, Halle Berry, though, delivers the greatest line in all of cinema, right? Yeah, what happens to a frog when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> Same thing that happens to everything else. Uh, finally, for the film, just as a, the intro is uh, released on May 28, 1993. It was a critical and financial failure, grossing just $38 million on a $50 million budget. And it has appeared on several lists of the worst films ever made, although it has developed a cult following. It has been reappraised by some as a cult classic. Um, so I guess it kind of is. It's, it stands out as this very... It's interesting, at the very least, is something you can say about it. Of like, how did you interpret Mario like this? And I think it's very, like, as you said, interesting, I think is the right word. And I, when the new Mario Bros. movie came out, I understand that there was subsect of people that were like, look, I'd rather have this weird, wild interpretation rather than this super safe, you know, despicable me um, illumination-esque, just the most like seven out of ten safe move safe bet mm-hmm. to get yourself a billion dollars it could possibly have and it's i understand the realm for both and i get that there's like room for both types of movie but there is when people started taking it too far of like the 93 movies way better it's like, it's no, like no that's it's- too far you you got the nail on the head there. It's interesting. It's interesting to look at. It's interesting 
to discuss. And as we're about to find out, making it was also very interesting. So we have here the cast. We went through the cast here of like, you know, Bob Hoskins as Mario Mario, John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario, Dennis Hopper as President Cooper. <laughs> oh, Fisher Stevens as Iggy Cooper. Well, if that's not my favourite role with Fisher Stevens. My favourite Fisher Stevens role is in, um, uh, what is it now, Short Circuit, where he plays an Indian guy. Oh, and they yeah. paint him in brown face and he puts on a mock Indian accent. I can't remember who Fisher Stevens is. Oh, right, yeah. As soon as you look up Short Circuit and you realise that he was just going, Johnny Five, putting on a super racist Indian accent. It's like, yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, development. So this, like, Lucas, are you ready? I know a couple of bad things about how bad it got on set to the point where, like, um, Bob and John were just openly getting drunk on set to get themselves through the filming process, right? They were indeed, yes. But the development is also quite kind of interesting. So we have here, the suggestion for a film based on Super Mario Bros. was first put forward by Roland Joffe during a script meeting at his production company. Um, Joffe met Nintendo of America president Hiroshi Yamuchi's son-in-law. Didn't even meet the guy who met his son-in-law. <laughs> he presented him with an initial draft of the script. One month after their meeting, he went to Nintendo's headquarters in Kyoto and met um, uh, Yamochi himself. He mm. pitched to Yamochi the story in which Nintendo was um, Nintendo receiving interest in the project. He left with a $2 million contract, giving him temporary control over the character of Mario. That is uh, Nintendo. wild. Ooh. Can you imagine? That they bought Mario for $2 million. Like That's um, similar to when you realize that, like, yeah, like Marvel back in the day were selling rights like the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and the Hulk for a pittance. Someone bought the rights to the Fantastic Four for half a million dollars. <laughs> and as an idea of how little Marvel gave a shit, there was a guy, Joe, you know that ill-fated Fantastic Four movie from the 90s. The one that doesn't exist, but does exist. Exist, technically. Yeah. The, we maybe can cover that in another episode because the production of that's also very interesting. Mm-hmm. The reason why that got pushed back by a year or so is because Marvel had sold the rights to just Johnny Storm <laughs> to um, uh, like a kids' TV show. When you wanted to make a kids' TV show based on just Johnny Storm, mm-hmm. I never went anywhere. And I guess it's crazy. It's weird to me that Johnny Storm can be sold separately from the Fantastic Four. Exactly. Like that's that. the thing. The fact they. they Marvel broke up Marvel's first family. Yeah. Just to sell Johnny Storm for like $200,000 or something like that. And so that Nintendo would retain merchandising rights for the film through a creative partnership. And here's the bit where my I, my eyes just bulged out my head and I went, oh, this is great. Um, <laughs> when Yamuchi asked Joffe why Nintendo should sell the rights to Light Motive over a bigger company, uh, Joffe assured them that Nintendo would have more control over the film. However, Nintendo stated they had no interest in creative control and believed that the Mario brand was strong enough to allow an experiment with an outside industry. Boy, they did not know that what they, they were getting themselves into when they said that. They walked that the fuck back for that new one, didn't they? Of like, yeah. Mario's a strong enough brand where we don't need to have our hands on it. It's like when the Sonic movie got made, isn't it? Mm. And you had the original creator of Sonic being like, why does that horrible monster creature have human teeth? And it turns out that Sega didn't ask to see any of it. They had no creative input whatsoever because they didn't give a shit. Until the moment that trailer hit and they were, wait, Hang on, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, I um I do find it funny now though. Yeah, where it's Miyamoto it is basically got creative control over Nintendo and is 
just super hands-on with the development of um, the new Mario movie and obviously obviously I'm sure that it it wasn't that he was like on top of them all the time but yeah they you can see that it apart from maybe like the questionable um way they did voice acting like there's a debate to be had around that but like mm-hmm. um just yeah like everything is super intricate and super to the like Mario Bible to the T yeah under the thumb of Nintendo, like, sign off on everything. And yeah. it's crazy that, you know, companies back then just didn't care. Like you said, you talked about Marvel giving away, selling individual characters like a la carte to anyone who bid on them. And obviously that was because Marvel were really struggling as a company at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that you can see that that has been a move where maybe it temporarily saved the company, but has now put them under absolute wreck and ruin for so many years over disputes over contracts and film rights and stuff. Yeah, it's almost like it was a bad idea. It was a good idea at the time with the gift of hindsight. It's, it's such a baffling creative decision, but mm. it continues. Um, uh, Joffy would later say, I think they looked at the movie as some sort of strange creature, and it was kind of rather interesting to see if we could walk or not. He wondered, how do we catch this wonderful mixture of images and inputs and strangeness? And it says here, the first screenplay was written by Oscar-winning screenwriter Barry Morrell. So they had an Oscar-winning screenwriter working on the script. Um, his story followed the brothers of Mario and Luigi on an existential road trip, similar to his prior film, Rain Man. And production titled the script Drain Man. <laughs> See, I was already laughing before Drain Man. Drain Man, fuck me. Just the idea, though, that they're like, we've got the rights to the Mario Bros. movie. What do we do? How about we get the guy in that made Rain Man? Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, good movie at the time. Like, Good script. Good script. Oscar winning script. Like, but then let's make the Mario movie a road trip akin to just that movie. It's like Rain Man and Mario Bros. have never been like similar in, in my, my head now. And it says that um, while the script was well received, it was abandoned because um, it said like it was, it was going for like you know this large, far-reaching thing and this like this existential journey. It was like an odyssey, mm-hmm. and like it's just it was more of a drama piece than a comedy to say here. And it's that screenwriters um, Jim Genoine and Thomas Park were brought on to write a more traditional adaptation. Traditional adaptation. Bowser is a businessman played by I, Dennis Hopper with like you know that's the thing pubes on his head. This version that we got is at least more traditional. That's the only thing they say. Even if it was one percent more traditional, it was more traditional than it being Rain Man. Mm-hmm. And it says here that uh, right away they said uh, the best way to do this is essentially have a journey into this world, not unlike the Wizard of Oz. Um, his and Parker's take on the story was to subvert and satirize fairy tale cliches and focus on the relationship between Mario and Luigi. Genuine would later say, essentially, we did what Shrek did. Not successful, though, was it? No, no. I I do not put the the in the same ballpark at all. No, but that's the thing. It sounds like years later, like they're trying to rewrite history of like, well, basically, we were trying to do what Shrek did. And like, I get... I get the feeling that after they'd be like trying to implant in people's head, like, you know, if it had been come out if it had come out later, it'd have been mm. better received. It's like, no, it still sucks. If we'd been given a bit more of time and money, we would have succeeded completely in making this amazing movie. Is it? Yeah. Nah, nah. Joffe offered the director's position to Harold Ramis, 
Uh, although he was a fan of the video games, he declined the opportunity and later said that he was glad about it. The Associated Press would later observe that this was the smartest decision of his entire <laughs> career. Is um, Ramus, is that the guy did Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was like Ivan a, Reitman as the director. Harold Ramis was um, uh, um, Ivan Spangler, I think it is. Yeah, that sounds like a, a clever move on t- in terms of his career. So directing duties later went to uh, the husband and wife team, Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. Uh, Morton said, we come from a timber and school of filmmaking. Because our background is in animation and comic books. We started off basking everything in reality, then tried to have fun and exaggerate as much as possible. Um, Joffrey, Morton and Jankel agreed that their approach to adapting the video game should follow the darker tone popularised by the Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so I think darker tone I think wahoo so I think like you can do a darker take on like some sort of deal but when like there's nothing dark about the Mario universe like he is wah- do you know they make about Dante of like wacky crazy wahoo pizza man mm-hmm. that's just Mario just wah- He's he's like, literally ah, bah, 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 bah. originally called Jumpman. Like that's all he does. He just loves jumping. <laughs> Joffy viewed the game as a mixture of Japanese fairy tales and bits of modern Americana. He wanted to create a slightly mythic vision of New York. Screenwriter Parker Bennett elaborated, "Our take on it was that Nintendo interpreted the events from our story and came up with a video game. Basically, we worked backwards. We drew inspiration from Die Hard, Mad Max, and Blade Runner." I Again, wasn't, I wasn't the... wrong then. Yeah, that I can I can look at pictures of that movie and go like that feels very uh, Mad Max also makes sense, but yeah, quite Blade Runner esque. <laughs> Though working well with directors, um, uh, two of the producers were fired for being too comedic. In a comedy film, the British writing team of Dick Clement and uh, Ian LaFrancois were brought on to deliver a more adult and feminist tone. I don't know what that means. Like, isn't the whole plot of the film rescuing a princess? Uh, yeah, that thing is I have a very loose grasp over what the movie's actually about. So I'm not sure how much of a feminist tone the movie does have. Probably not enough, if that was the aim. Either way, but do you, do you want to go on to casting? Because, mate, there is some stuff in here. Yeah, let's go for it. So after securing the rights to the film, Light Motive began casting for the characters. Initially, Dustin Hoffman expressed interest in playing Mario. <laughs> so the Rain Man comparisons keep going. Yeah. Uh, however, um, uh, Arakawa did not believe he was right for the role. Danny DeVito was offered both the role of director and Mario. Where Where's that universe? Where is that, that timeline? That would be so good. I want the timeline where we get Danny DeVito as Mario directing himself. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Keaton were approached to play King Cooper, but both turned down the rock. We could have had Arnold Schwarzenegger, King Cooper. We could have had a Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that's the Mario Bros. Like, the the Cooper versus Mario battle. Do you know what they should have done? They should have cast (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger as Luigi and just done done twins twins a year early. Uh, Tom Hanks was thinking. <laughs> Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Luigi, but a string of recent box office failures dropped him from consideration. Oh, yeah, his star was definitely fading. That of Tom Hanks. He dodged a fucking bullet there. Eventually, actors Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were, all t- were cast as Mario and Luigi. Initially, Hoskins disliked the script and did not want to do another children's film because he'd just done Roger Rabbit. 
Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. He wondered how he prepared for the role. He said, I'm the right shape. I've got a mustache. I worked as a plumber's apprentice and set the plumber's boots on fire with a blowtorch. His casting was described as a no-brainer, unabashed, shameless, physical typecasting. He was brilliant at assuming the character. And, you know, you look at him... And yeah, he looks like Mario. He's a bit old, obviously. Like, but that's that again. Interpretations can happen. Mm. But like, combine that with the fact that he obviously just been in that comedy of um, Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit, acting yeah. against CG characters and stuff. Like, that sounds perfect. Yeah, the only character, the only person I think would have been more perfect would have been Danny DeVito, potentially. But they also yeah. asked what a Pikachu is, so. Yeah. Well, imagine... Oh, da- I'm now thinking Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Marion Luigi would have been so good. That that would be incredible. It would have been fucking hilarious. They would have been the Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Leguizamo said of his casting, what I liked about the script was the action and adventure that was involved. He jokes that you always see a lot of Italians playing Latin people like Al Pacino in Scarface. Now it's my turn. <laughs> I, I like that. I didn't I mean, like the la- fact that, you know... He recently came out and was like, no, you know, me, big star John Leguizamo, doesn't like the fact that they got non, um, non-Italian non people to play Mario and Luigi. I was like, it's just a kid's movie. Like, yeah. come on. It it doesn't really matter. It's just they got, yeah. they got some big stars in. That's what they do. It says here that um, uh, the last thing about casting is that musician Mojo Nixon, who I'm not familiar with, was cast as Toad because production wanted an actual musician for the character. Their first choice was Tom Waits, and he was unavailable. And if you don't know Tom Waits, I'm just going to describe how someone once described his voice. And they said that Tom Waits sounds as if you got his voice box, drowned it in bourbon, and then ran it over 15 times on a gravel road. They're not wrong. And now imagine that voice coming out of Toad. (laughs) You know what? Again... I think if you lean harder into it, like maybe I'd be more interested. But the fact that it's just this movie clearly became a total mess. Yeah, it's that thing as well of like um, I said, the casting of Bob Hoskins is great, and so is like example. It's just if they just leaned into how absurd the universe was. And I wonder how much of it was inspired by um, was it the Super Mario Bros. show that had like the live action Mario and Luigi? I wish we'd just got the three hour version of that. I mean, I... I just them dancing like that on the... <laughs> I don't really know much about that, but I wonder how much of it was inspired by them, them watching that and then not looking at the video games themselves. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of people involved didn't really play much of the video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Unlike um, Chris says, Pratt, who played it for all yeah, of his life. Jumping on Goombas. Loves it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just that I've got on, like, the creature effects. Because this is something people maybe don't know about the Mario movie. That It was... it's one of the most influential films in regards to special effects. Really? Yeah. So the creature effects um, uh, were done concurrently with Jurassic Park production. So we had to be consciously, oh. conscious of the dinosaur designs for Super Mario Bros. Um, for example, Yoshi was made to look more cartoonish than realistic, and he cost the modern equivalent of a million dollars to make. That was like, a, what, 2% of the budget? Yep. Just on Yoshi? Oh. Yep, originally the Goombas were only background characters, but their final designs were so impressive that Morton and Jankel promoted them to 
major main characters. Holy That's shit. the thing. Just I, if we could, if you put an edit in this or you put a picture, like just off someone right now. If you listen to this, just on your phone, Google Goombas Mario Bros movie live action, and just think they were so impressive. They give them a major part of the film. They've, uh, there's already been a couple of times when I've gone like, don't worry, future Lucas will put this into the edit of the podcast, and like obviously podcasts are like more lightly edited, so mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm probably gonna forget again. So bear yeah, so with just... me with the podcasts we do. Like you know, again there there is a lighter edit to them, but yeah, I always forget whenever I'm in a podcast and like, maybe I'll put this in and it's already been happening. <laughs> so folks at home, just Google that if you want to see how. That's why me and Lucas are laughing at that. And then visual effects. Super Mario Bros. Innovated and introduced many techniques considered pivotal in the transition from practical to digital visual effects in major motion pictures. Hmm. It is the first film to use the software Autodesk Flame. Now an industry standard. It is also the first yeah. film scanned with a digital intermediate, allowing the compositing of more than 700 visual effects shots. It's one of the first movies where they actively integrated digital effects with live action and uh, effects. That's really interesting. And that's one thing that I always find so cool is even from a dumpster fire like this movie there can be progress made in certain elements like yeah there can be significant pushes forward in vfx on a movie that turns out to like not even make their money back because it was so bad and uh, you know similar to game design where yeah you can look back through like certain games that were not considered great but maybe had like one element that was super impressive at the time yeah like this one is considered pivotal in the transition from practical to digital visual effects because it seamlessly blended the two and that does show that, you know, there's always value somewhere in things, but you just, sometimes you got to dig a bit harder than with others. There's always, like, you know, a kernel of corn in that big old pile of shit. Mm. And I think the final thing we should go on to is legacy, because this film has a mixed legacy, to be diplomatic. So in a 2007 interview with Hoskins, he said, the worst thing I ever did, Super Mario Bros. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. He had a husband and wife team directing, whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. Jesus Christ. And as you said, Lucas, that him and Leguizamo would get drunk before shooting every day and would openly be drinking during takes. It's got to be bad. In a 2011 interview, when asked, what's the worst job you've done? What's your biggest disappointment? If you could edit your past, what would you change? His answer to all three was Super Mario Bros. (laughs) His son, Jack Hoskins, was a fan of the film and praised his performance. And I will say as well that I would never want something that, like, I guess, life-changing to be erased from my history. It's like, mm-hmm. if I was Bob Hoskins, I'd be like, no, you've got to look at this. Like, this is a, a life lesson moment, and yeah. this is a moment you'll never forget and never have, like, a worse experience than that. It's like, at that point, you don't really want it to be gone from your life because... Yeah, he's clearly saying it, like, you know, jokingly, isn't he? Of course, it? yeah. Like, they, they seem to have set him up for that answer because they kind of know what they were doing. And, yeah, like, they definitely have. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where sometimes something so monumentally bad that you never want to forget it because you never want to repeat that mistake ever again. Yeah. 
it just serves as an example of what not to do for future generations and yourself. And then we said, Leguizamo prepared a video message for the film's 20th anniversary saying, I'm glad people appreciate the movie. It was the first. Nobody had ever done it before. In retrospect, I'm proud. And did you say 20th anniversary? 20th anniversary in 2013, yes. I'm pretty sure 2013 was the year of Luigi as well. Oh, are you ready for this, though, <laughs> The Lucas? year of Leguizamo. But Lucas, this is incredible. Hopper disparaged production, recounting in 2008, repeating basically what Hoskins said. It was a nightmare. Honestly, that movie, it was a husband and wife directing team who were control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks. I was there for 17. It was so over budget. He later added, my six-year-old son at the time, he's 18 now, I said to him, Oh, he said to me, Dad, I think you're probably a pretty good actor, but why did you play that terrible King Cooper guy in Super Mario Bros? And I said to him, well, Henry, I did that so you could have shoes. And he responded, Dad, I don't need shoes that badly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, dear. So I think everyone just remember that when the next person you see online argues like that this movie is better than the new Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, and like everyone involved with it is like, it was a nightmare, I hated it, I had to get drunk to avoid it. Like, King Cooper's child said it wasn't worth the paycheck to get me, it's like, fucking I would rather... <laughs> shoes on my feet and food on my plate. I would rather not have shoes. Oh, yeah, dear. and you know it continues, and it says that like you know, just there was a 2023 animated film that made a billion dollars. It made like literally like 50 times what this one did. It's on track to probably um, become the most, you know, the highest, highest grossing animated, gross animated movie ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it need something needs to not necessarily my Bros. Something needs to, so it's not the Lion King remake anymore. Please. Yeah. It hurts me so much to see that statistic. And there's just like one other um, detail I want to mention. It's like the music, because the music, it didn't really use any much music from the games, which is yeah, a crime because that music's great. You know, Mario Bros. music is shit, right? Yeah. It's not just stupid video game music. But do you know who did the soundtrack? Um, Hans Zimmer. No, Alan Silvestri. Okay. Who you may recognise as the guy who composed the Avengers theme. Fucking hell. So like, there was some talent working on this movie, and it's like mm. it seems like it was just the directors were just too full of themselves to admit that they you know bitten off more than they could chew. Like literally a good composer, good screenwriters, yep. good cast, and you know, unlimited creative control as given from Nintendo as well. Yep. So just free reign. To make a great movie. And industry-defining effects as well. Yep. And yet it is still ended up this bad. And an Academy Award-winning composer. Just Jesus Christ. If you think about all the tools they actually had, they had initially a script from a Academy Award-winning screenwriter... They had Dennis Hopper, John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins as like you know the three members of the principal cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like an award-winning composer like working on the soundtrack. They had one of the most valuable, well-known IMPs on like planet Earth mm-hmm. with which to make their movie. They had the like the full backing of Nintendo and near unlimited budget because they went like thirty million dollars over budget and still got to make it and like no one give a shit. Yeah, absolute total creative control and just nah. 
just from the sounds of it, I mean, or you know, we weren't there, we haven't even watched the movie, but it just, as you say, sounds like everyone agrees, just two shitty directors fucked it all. Ruined the entire thing for everybody, and yeah, that's the Super Mario Bros. 1993 movie. What an experience that was, eh? And uh, yeah, I guess before we go into like, your um, uh, wiki for this week, Lucas, let's do a bit of housekeeping. Yeah, we are trying to do a little bit more in terms of being professional with an intro and like a little bit of a, a housekeeping break where we can do like some plugs and stuff. So, Carl, mm-hmm. have you got anything you would like to you know plug and promote for yourself? Yeah. I'll just say, um, you know, my socials and my Twitch profile, which you'll find linked below on the YouTube version and on the podcast version, which I'm not sure when it's going out. You'll probably mm-hmm. find it there. That is true, yeah. And um, yeah, similar to me, um, I would suggest people, you know, go over to my Twitch where you might see me playing Super Mario Bros. at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not watching I, the movie now. I'm not watching the movie for definite, but, I, you know, I play a lot of Nintendo games in general over there. I have uh, my Tunic Tuesdays. Where I'm going through um, every Zelda game in existence, and eventually making my way through the entire series. Um, you know, play a lot of Pokemon on like Thursdays and stuff like that. So, yeah, go check that out. Yeah, and uh, for anyone out there listening to this who has something they'd like to promote, because this is obviously a fresh channel, and I think we're doing all right so far. We've got, you know, we've we managed to get monetized in a week. If you'd like to have something mm-hmm. promoted on the uh, the podcast, reach out uh, again at the links you'll probably find below or on our socials. Yeah, um, like I think we it's just wikiweekends at gmail.com is the email address for um, for this channel specifically if you want to have a bit of an inquiry business-wise. Yeah, you, know, I mean, you could be on the ground floor. You could do it. So yeah, just reach out if you've got any of those. Cause I, otherwise, because we're me and Lucas every week saying, go check out our Twitch channels. <laughs> it, will, uh, it will get a bit more professional as we like write some housekeeping notes maybe. But yeah, for now, yes. for now, we're just... As we say, we're a new channel, getting off the ground, and we're working things out a little bit at a time. Yeah, it's not like we've already got a channel that we ran for five years. Shut up. No one needs to know about that, Carl. It's fine. <laughs> With that other way, Lucas, you you said you've got something also Nintendo-related, yes? I do indeed. And okay. This may seem a little bit of like a random pick, but I will explain why it was slightly less random than you might think. Okay. And I want to talk about the Nintendo Wii U. Oh. And I wonder if Carl can, like, put two and two together. And I think Carl's frozen. I think that's what's happened. Are you back? Yeah, okay. You cut out for a split. You cut out just as you were about to say, I want to talk about, and then... Uh. Well, I, the thing is, you froze just as, like, on my screen I'd said it. So I was like, yeah. is Carl in such a disarray? That I mentioned the Nintendo Wii U. Oh, okay. So I uh, I was trying to follow because I was like, "Are you doing like a a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, like <laughs> trembling with anticipation?" The Wii U. So the Wii U. Oh, one of Nintendo's. Like, you know, we, t- we today we're talking about two of Nintendo's. I'd argue two of their biggest missteps. Yeah, maybe to the at least, at least like mainstream most remembered ones, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, do, can you guess why I specifically wanted to talk about the Wii U this week? Is it because someone out there is like, do you remember the Wii U? It wasn't as bad as people said it was. I mean, definitely was and wasn't, and we'll get into that. But the reason mm-hmm. is 
because like PlayStation recently announced the um the Project Q, which is essentially just like the Wii U game tablet as like oh, the yeah, PlayStation yeah. version. I was like, while wow, ten years later and PlayStation Five are like bringing back the Wii U, just. Yeah, it's like the Wii U was maligned. It's like it, it was a Fisher Price looking piece of made in China shit. It was and that indeed, Project Q. And like, you've right got one. Show it next off. to me. Just like you can see, like I know it's a bit dirty and stuff because, like you know, it's a Wii U pad. It gets not looked after very well, but it's mm-hmm. just this shiny piece of like very clickety clackety plastic, and it's and like, it's really big as well, which is why it looks like one of those knock-off iPads you give to five-year-olds in the car that just, like, plays bar bar black sheep and teaches them the letters. And that's the thing. You can see the the four-year gap between that pad, which, by the way, wasn't the actual console. That was just the the game controller for the console. Yeah. And they had, like, a separate console that did all the processing. So that isn't big because it's got a load of processing power in it. And it's but, certainly not big because it has a good battery life either. No, and you look compare that to like the sleek Nintendo Switch that came out four years later that mm-hmm. is a you know, a third of the thickness and still feels quite toyetic because it is Nintendo, but like a bit more of a classier design and feel to it overall. It has a lot more like um shelf appeal, I think the mm-hmm. term actually used. It's like you put it on a shelf and it looks really nice and it has like you know the brightly coloured things on either side. And then all the marketing like folks sound like the like the, the really satisfying goes... clicks and the yeah bringing it out of the dark and yeah that's I think maybe one of the greatest comparisons Ooh. between the Wii U and the Switch is like the way that they announced each console of like there was so much confusion with the Wii U but then that you look at the Switch announcement trailer and that shit was just you know really you understandable like. You you put it in, it goes on the TV. You take your uh, Joy-Cons off. Just super simple, easy to sell, easy to understand. Mm-hmm. You also cut out again for a second there. Oh, okay. Well, I was I was basically just explaining, you know, like how what how easier and better they communicated the the switch in the reveal trailer. Oh yeah, like they they it, looking back at like the Wii U trailer where people legit thought, is this just an upgrade to the Wii? Because that's how they sold it. It's called the Wii U. Well, yeah, I mean, because ne- the Wii was so successful, obviously they were using that branding to bring in the Wii U, but people weren't sure whether the tablet was just an addition to the Wii. Well, I think if you go back and watch the original reveal trailer, they never show the base console. And then when they did, the base console looks like a really just rounded off Wii. Yeah, it looks like it's an upgrade, and that's it, it cannot be overstated Like how much that hobble the announcement trailer because like when you announce something like that like a new console and 50 percent of people watching at home don't know what it is you're trying to sell them and even at the time some journalists at the event weren't quite sure what it was they didn't come out and say this is a brand new console this is the successor to the wii they just went here's the wii u showed off a trailer where they used both like wemo and nunchuck and wemotes and the wii u gamepad all like in combination with one another they didn't show the new box and then didn't clarify anything afterwards yeah and it's a great example of something that happens all the time when it comes to like the spheres of technology and gaming Mm -hmm. and it is the people who work on something get so like i don't want to say drink the kool-aid that's a bit extreme like they get so involved with like the ecosystem that they forget there are people who don't have the knowledge that they do and you can see that with the wii u of like 
obviously everyone Nintendo who's worked on that, well, we know it's a separate console, but mm-hmm. because they know that it is, it never occurred to them to explain that to people who don't have <laughs> the three years of like developmental knowledge that they have. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, but obviously, because like we've got a new console and a new tablet, it's like, but you didn't show the new console and the tablet was working in combination with Wii controllers and Wii-looking games with like Miis on them and stuff. Yeah, I still think they would have probably done much better if they'd called it the Super Wii. Something like that, yeah. And Just follow the naming convention like the Nintendo Entertainment System. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a direct upgrade over the previous one. And it's weird because, like, yeah, the the Wii was already a confusing name, but because it had such a simple selling point of the Wii Sports, like, mm-hmm. that kind of got over the confusion with the, like... It's it's we together playing together and like really the we was in the logo is like you know two friends sat next to each other which I kind of like yeah but uh, you know even at the time of the Wii I think like when they changed it from the Nintendo Revolution to the Nintendo Wii everyone was kind of like what's we mean and then obviously it was Wii Sports and the clear like adverts and stuff that they kind of sold that concept with but with the Wii U it didn't have that and the U it's like what does the, I can't even really remember like the Wii U kind of it's like, it's like we play together but then you play on the tablet or something I'm not sure it was yeah the marketing was a bit all over the place and what's this like the place that is it PlayStation Q it's called so Project Q they haven't announced Project the actual PlayStation I'm gonna have like, to like Google it to like remind myself what it looks like. Cause I do remember it looking a bit. It is just like a big, I think, like eight-inch screen with in the middle of a DualSense controller. And yeah, it it do you know what it, it looks as well. It looks really rickety. Yes, yeah. Like because it has like the handles of the PlayStation, like you know the handles of a bike or a um, uh, like steering wheel. They look so much more flimsy than just like the the solid the, box that was a Wii U. Or a yeah. Switch. And it I'm sure doesn't... it probably isn't, I hope, super flimsy. And I know it's not exactly the Wii U. It is a remote play device. But just kind of, you know, in the mm. more meme mindset of like, oh, isn't it funny that they've basically just made a Wii U? And I know they haven't. It's a very different device and everything. But yeah, it's just kind of like, it reminded me of the same essence. I think we've lost Carl again. No, you cut out for a second now, but yeah, we've I'm just trying apologies. to be quiet when that happens. Yeah, we just apparently we're dealing with some some Discord problems or some shit. We're getting some lag ass spikes, so yeah, that's like you know Project Q and uh, the Wii U talked about now. But hang on, what does yeah. Wikipedia have to say about the Wii U? So yeah, we'll get onto the actual wiki article now that we've mm. shat on the concept of the Wii U a bit. Um, so the Wii U, the it just like obviously has the way to pronounce Wii U and it's like W E E Y O O in like big capital letters like Wii just U. Wii U. Um, well, it's a whole joke, isn't it? Of uh, like how do you call an ambulance for Nintendo? It's like Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. <laughs> uh, but it's a home console developed by Nintendo as the successor to the Wii. Is no, released. You got a problem there, mate. You, you said is. You should say past tense was. Yeah, was. This thing's dead. This thing... Do you know when like a celebrity dies and they go in and edit and it just says was? Yeah. They should do that with a Wii U because that shit's dead. Famously discontinued just before the launch of the Switch. Like They didn't even let it tail off. Like, you know, say for example, PlayStation 5, they only discontinued the PS4 like a couple of years after 
the PS5 yeah. was about and they were still producing them because they understand, you know, that's appealing to like a market that's looking for a cheaper console and isn't as bothered about high fidelity graphics as much, etc. But yeah, the Wii U didn't even last until the Switch was out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it got released in t- late 2012 and it is the first eighth generation video game console which competed with Microsoft's Xbox One and Sony's PlayStation 4. And is very generous to say that it competed with the Xbox One and PS4. <laughs> it didn't. Com- it competed in the same way that when I'm wa- like Joe, when I'm watching a film and someone mm. goes underwater and like they hold their breath and I sit at home and I hold my breath, it's the same. I'm competing against that person. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm like you know. I'm taking part in my head, but I'm not part of what's going on on screen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's the first. Nintendo console to support HD graphics. Are you uh, fucking kidding? That, that count as HD? I mean, most games I think were like 720p, maybe up to 900p. So, uh, you know, to put that into perspective, like Xbox One kind of got shit for being like a brand new console and most games were running at like 900p, which is a lower resolution than full HD, which is considered like 1080p. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's games were barely hitting that 900p mark for the most part and hitting like 720p which is like the low bar for what what is considered high definition graphics yeah. is what you're probably watching this YouTube video in I mean 1080p is normally right like, it depends how where, like when I keep telling YouTube like use more data for higher quality videos it's got it 360p like, yeah, of course why yeah, are yeah. you doing I understand that frustration for people watching, but um, yeah, the system's primary controller is the Wii U gamepad, which again, wasn't really communicated very well. No. Uh, it features an embedded touchscreen, directional buttons, analog sticks, and, and action buttons. Um, the touchscreen notably uh, was like, I think, capacitive, I think it is, where it's like it only has one input at a time. So you can't remember. swipe. Yeah, you can't like use two fingers on it at once to like zoom in or anything. It's just poke. Um, which uh, you know, even when like the DS came out, that felt like it was a little bit outdated. And then the 3DS, and then the mm-hmm. Wii U is get better touchscreens, Nintendo, please. We've been used to smartphones for like ten years at this point. Um, and the screen can be used either as a supplement to the main display or in supported games to play the game directly on the gamepad. And that was, you know, one legitimate feature which was quite useful. You couldn't get very, very far away from the console. The, the, like, limit you could get was, like, 30 feet away from the console. But when it was that classic, you know, same that happens a lot with the Switch, where, like, I want to watch TV. Can you get off the TV? And then you can mm-hmm. just play it on your gamepad. Super oh. handy. Or, like, when we would play uh, more player games. Like, we play, like, Smash Bros on it. Mm, yeah. And he'd be like, "Okay, so we sat in someone's front room. I'm just gonna go. Get, I'm gonna get the gamepad and play over here." Yeah, like you would always be like, "Well, I'll sit on the chair furthest away from the TV because I can just play in the gamepad." Because Carl always preferred that over a GameCube pad or anything yeah. else. I only did that to flex of like I want to get good <laughs> playing on the gamepad. Carl that plays with uh, exclusively a left Joy-Con only when we play Smash Bros Ultimate, so that he can yeah. flex on us. No, I'm pretty good at it as well. You are pretty good at it. Like, it was a rocky path of learning, 
But you got especially the, learning Ryu, yeah, learning those dra- <laughs> doing fucking dragon punch inputs on a a single Wii U gamepad when your hands are like twice the size they expect you to um, uh, interface that console with. Yeah, and I think um, my favorite kind of way of utilizing the Wii U gamepad was always with asymmetrical gameplay. Um, oh, we'd have like a map on your screen or something like that. Well, no, I'm I'm more thinking like the multiplayer games where, like, for example, Nintendo Land did it really well. Where you could have four people on Wiimotes on the TV being like the Animal Crossing villagers picking up sweets. And then you've got a fifth person playing on the Wii U gamepad with a different yes. perspective. And then that person's like hunting the other villagers down and can like see a wider variation of like the the map so that they could hunt people down better and stuff yeah because there's a lot of stuff like it was similar not similar but it's like the same kind of idea as like a dungeon master where mm. you're all playing the same game it's just that one person's playing in a different way and that's really for me when the wii u super succeeded and there weren't as a many party games console yeah the, yeah there weren't many games that did it well um but when games did do it like nintendo land was an experience i enjoyed for years and it's just kind of a shame that a you know nintendo didn't market everything very well b that nintendo didn't pack in nintendo land with a lot of the consoles you don't have to buy it separately and like yeah see just like the, most games didn't have that kind of functionality and just a lot of the time as you said just the set the the gamepad was used as like your map screen yeah, it's like uh, that tweet that goes around every now and again of like video games need the little buddy mode of like you need to like for your your kid or younger brother or something like that to be able to just play as like a little buddy who helps you but can't be hurt. So when Mario Odyssey came out, it's like oh, a second player can play as Cappy and just have the cap float about and capture things and stuff. And yeah, you can pick up coins for me. Like, I'll be in ultimate control of the game, but you control Cappy and you can run around. All right. And that's what that gamepad was used for in a lot of cases. Not a lot of cases, but Nintendo Land. Like, you can just hand that off to someone who doesn't necessarily want to play the game, but still wants to be involved. I'm like, oh yeah, all yeah. you do is you just dick us over. You just um, press down, really simple gameplay, <laughs> press a button. Well, that was one in Rayman Legends. That was meant to be like this exclusive launch title. And the gimmick was that the person on the gamepad could control certain elements. So like, you know, they could lift up platforms up and down. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing the actual like platforming gameplay, but then of course it was like, oh, the Wii U selling really badly. Quick, port it to other consoles, and it's not an exclusive anymore. And uh, yeah, take that system like out. it was in there, but obviously it had to be like probably like dumbed down a little bit or something. I'm not quite sure, but Zombie U was an, a one that actually made quite use of the gamepad, and I enjoyed the for the idea of a zombie survival game of. When you press the menu to open up your backpack, you have to look down. Yes, at the that was a really pad. good way of. That was a really interesting way of doing it, of because it adds more tense. It's like because the game's based. still playing in the background on your TV, and so, yeah, you see your person reality. like scurrying through the backpack, about to get attacked by zombies. But you've got to look yeah. at the gamepad to yeah, to do it's anything. Like almost, you can see what they were going for. You? Like where yeah. the Wii U was like uh, motion controls, and that was like almost like, alter. Uh, altered reality aspects. Weren't there some games where you'd hold it up and you'd move around, like to yes. view the area? Mm-hmm. So it's another extension of like the motion control. It's just really poorly implemented and really badly um, and gotten across to. Again, as soon as like the that poor launch happened, you saw a lot of boats swerving completely away from the the Nintendo ship and 
if they did get have games, it was like just cheap ports that hadn't no like real gamepad usage yeah, other than like right. a map on a screen. Why would we spend all like time and money porting our game over to this thing and putting any effort into it when it's gonna sell like a hundred thousand copies? Mm-hmm. I know. Um... Like there's Call of Duty games on that fucking thing and it didn't have online gameplay. Yeah, that's just one thing where it says here like um Online functionality centers around the Nintendo network platform and Miiverse RIP, um, an integrated social networking service which allowed users to share content in game-specific communities. And that's maybe the one of the smartest like online systems Nintendo's come up with, and they just shut it into the ground. Like It's Miiverse was so fucking good. And mm-hmm. I, I, I still get... Giggles when I remember stage, me versus stage on Smash Bros. Where it's every and you just the joke. What's the joke you always make, Lucas, about the stage? I'll describe it and then you can make your joke. It's a, it's a stage where it's just actual messages fans of the or people who played the character you played online had left after a win. Mm-hmm. We'll just write down any message or draw a picture on the touch screen, and when you were playing that character, when you got a KO, messages in support of your character would pop up. And how do people use it, Lucas? Well, you know, some people used it really well and, like, drew these amazing pieces of artwork. And then other people used it to launch Game of Thrones spoilers onto your screen. Yeah, so you could just... I remember one time you just described me versus as you get a dunk with Captain Falcon and just find out that Jon Snow died. That's literally what happened. It's like, it just... Just got a dunk, and it's like Jon Snow dies. Just in case <laughs> on the background. I still never forget. Well, I'm a dunk with Donkey Kong, and it's just like 14 different messages all popped up of just Donkey Kong's face saying "expand." <laughs> and it was it was so good. Oh, uh, and I think like that may have been one of the best utilizations of Miiverse, but it was just really interesting. And for anyone on the Switch that's played Splatoon, uh. It's the, yeah, kind it's, of the, of it. it's the exact same system, but it was for every game. And you could, you know, log on to your Wii U and you had every little like, game pop up in a circle and loads of little Miis were like running around and all the Miiverse posts were coming up. And then we got some great memes of like, why won't my parents stop fighting? And oh, why yeah. can't Metroid crawl? Yeah, I like this game where my parents fight a lot. We'll forever live <laughs> rent free in my head. Well, that that legend who all he did was play games and just go to the water and go, this water looks pretty nice. <laughs> and it, there's like two things, you know, from the era of Nintendo, where it's like, I wish we had Miiverse still, and I wish we yep. had Street Pass still. Yes, I, I do miss that. And the other one that I'm going to say is the fact that because Miiverse was Nintendo, it was like very, very heavily... Um, uh, moderated. Moderated, which is like, you know... You think back of like you go onto like social media now and you're on like Twitter and they're just posting like beheading videos and stuff with the responses mm. to news stories and you go on Nintendo and it was so heavily moderated that you literally couldn't say anything negative. You had um, so instead of like and dislike, you had yeah and un yeah, <laughs> not even no un yeah, not nah, just yeah and un yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. I <laughs> that thing is though. I wish I wish we had that. I wish mm-hmm. we had like I wish Twitter didn't exist. Or Nintendo bought Twitter and just turned it into Miiverse Part Two, and you're only allowed to post about Nintendo games, and you're only allowed to say like whether you yeah or un yeah. Just leave it a yeah. Just that's yeah. all you need. Just how many years do you want to give this thing? 
Oh, man, do you remember when like YouTube announced that we're getting rid of dislikes and people thought, actually thought that that mattered? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. And um, something else I do remember, Carl, is the response to the Wii U being very mixed. <laughs> is that what um, he says? That's quite does, diplomatic. It's, it's diplomatic, um, but it was praised for its innovative gamepad controller, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, like the actual control... And the feel and the like build quality of it was not great, but like there were innovative uses of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it did have improved online functionality itself. over the Wii, but that's not saying much. Um, and it did have backwards compatibility, full backwards compatibility with both Wii software and peripherals. I, I do miss that. It's a shame, in it, especially like looking at PlayStation. It's like, can I play PS? Fuck you, play PS4 games. No, you can on the PS5. To be fair, can you? Yes. Okay. Can you play um, PS3 games? No, of course not. What about PS2? That's the one as well, because it's, uh, I think, the best example of, like, people always go on about, like, backwards compatibility, like, why do you want it? Mm-hmm. Think about the game God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok is the sequel to God of War 2018, which is mm-hmm. the sequel to God of War 2003, or God of War 3, which is itself a sequel to God of War 2, which is a sequel to God of War, which is, like, you know, a sequel to uh, Chains of Olympus and all that good stuff. You can't play any of those games. So there are like eight to nine games in the God of War series, and only two of them can be played on a modern console. I mean, yes and no, because obviously through the online PlayStation Plus stuff, they're, tr- they're slowly like you bringing can them back. Stream like I'm not sure God of War specifically how many titles of the series are on there, but yeah, you can stream PS One, Two, and Three games on there, but they have limited libraries. It's, um, and it's just that one weird thing of like they're selling God of War eight, but you can't play the first seven games in the series. Yeah, yeah. It's always rubbed me the wrong way. It's like it's fair enough if you don't want to like make your back catalogue available, but when some of the current catalogue is sequels to things that came out ten years ago that I can't play. Yeah, it's like, oh you wanna charge me like twelve quid to play Tekken One, the game that I already own like three times. It's like there's gotta be a better way to do it. Um but there was there was many better ways to do the Wii U, apparently, because it was criticised for its user interface, functionality, and the gamepad's short battery life, which is yeah. short. It's uh, that thing does, like, been, they made it some, so big and bulky. Some dual sense level of battery going on on the Wii U. Well, that's what it's so weird as well, because like the 3DS, like, I think the 3DS didn't have the greatest battery life, but like most Nintendo handhelds have largely been praised for having really solid build quality Obviously, and battery life. It wasn't a handheld, and it's like that weird thing, and um, you know, same with I, the Switch when it launched was like maybe three to six hours. The improved battery life now is a lot better, but um, yeah, it's just it's really like a weird step into the own. I think like the reason we don't have Street Pass on the Switch was apparently because the Street Pass is like a massive drain on the battery, and the like Switch already had like a really bad battery. But it's still it was not good, but it's also you look at like for example i'd say the dual sense or the thing that project q recently just like got a bit more details on it and it it has like a three to four hour battery life it's like we still haven't gotten past having really shit batteries and things yeah and the problem is as well like people always talk about like phones i've got an apple phone people always like oh apple phones have got really terrible battery life so they've actually got really good battery life if you turn off all the extraneous bullshit i guess if you just put your phone into flight mode and turn on wi-fi your phone will last three days easy 
It's just like it's like got all the other stuff on there. It's like exactly. it's insane. There's so many things running in the background all of the time, and that's where like the switch is just super dialed back because it's you know there's no excuse for lack of themes, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But I understand why there isn't like eight system programs running in the background at all times. It's like just a super simple interface. One app runs at a time. Yeah. Like they just wanted to make it as simple and streamlined as possible because the Wii U was the opposite. And look at what the Wii U did. Yeah, like and I'll Wii just sold like uh, I think if we could, we can maybe look. It here. gets to the sales uh, numbers, yeah. And I'll say if anyone out numbers. there does have a Switch, if you want a pro tip, put it into flight mode. Mm, yeah. If you're not yeah. playing on like put it in flight mode, you get an extra two hours out of it. Um, so worldwide units sold of the Wii U as of December 31st, 2019 is 13.56 million. Which sounds like a lot. That sounds like a um, lot of Wii U's, right? That's like, you know, 13 million people. Are you just now looking at how many Wii's got sold? I'm, I'm going to look up how many, like, um, Nintendo console sales we've had on other systems. Okay. Just so people get a bit more actual understanding of what that means in context. Yeah, because, like, 13 million sounds like a really big number until you, fa- like, you know... Counter that with here's how many things its direct previous set of salts. I've got the number so, in front of me now. If you've uh, well, not got I've, got, I've got the list from Nintendo.co.jp, so the official Nintendo website statistics here say that the Wii sold a hardware of 101.63 million units. So yeah, and that's why this was considered such a failure. Imagine got we sold a hundred and one million Wii's, and we their sold capitalization, the sequel to that sold like close what about ninth of what they did like close to 10 percent of what the wii sold yeah and the nintendo switch for clarification as well is 125.62 million units so yeah they they bounced back extremely well they from did. the failure that was the wii u they they learned many a lesson at very least from the failure of the wii u and you go back and look and the other closest um you know failure um they don't list the virtual boy on here which did sell less than the wii u yeah uh, but the other closest one is the gamecube surprisingly which um yeah the gamecube is always a surprising one yeah 21.74 million units um, such a beloved console like everyone knows about the wii like the gamecube but then you compare like playstation 2 they 200 million playstation 2s got sold uh, and like only 55 i think it was or something some like crazy that. amount yeah but like the gamecube is still very highly regarded because if you look at the gamecube like if you look at the top 20 titles on the gamecube just banger after banger yeah absolute like industry defining just amazing games that helped like actually categorize what 3d gaming was like how to you know perfect the formula after the first generation of 3d consoles it's like yeah the gamecube had some excellent games you know metroid prime wind waker um resident evil 4 like there are so many games that are still beloved to this day that came from the gamecube and it had a handle it did it had a handle yeah. And you could walk around like it was a lunchbox and take it to your friend's house. And, like, that was the thing is, the GameCube was... I remember it being quite cheap. I don't remember exactly how cheap it was, but it was cheap. It was small. You could just, like, bring it around to your friend's house. It had four controller ports built in. Yep. It's like, you know, it, it was a great console. But, again, like, Nintendo did not 
do a great job at the time. And the, there was just the juggernaut that was the PS2 to compete with. And it didn't play DVDs. And it didn't play DVDs. This is one of the I there's that great breakdown out there of like if they just made it sell if it had played DVDs, they might have gotten away with it because they released it like a couple of years after. DVD plays were the norm, and mm-hmm. I think their reasoning was we can make it cheaper if it doesn't play DVDs. And they yeah. didn't realize that what the reason PlayStation 2s were so successful is that people were buying it as a DVD player and as a console. Mm-hmm. Like you, because it was for the first couple of years of its life cycle, the PlayStation 2 was cheaper than a DVD player, even ones made by Sony. And so, Nintendo yeah. could, right? And we'll, we, I think we'll never know. It, no, we won't, we won't. And like that thing is just. That was so hard to compete with, but you know, with the Wii U, um, the PS4 started up fine, but like they didn't have a great momentum from the PS3. Like the PS3's the a bit of like the dip for um Sony in terms of like the five PlayStation consoles. Mm-hmm. It had like the least momentum out of all of them. The Xbox One had terrible marketing at launch. I think um by the time the Wii U had come out, obviously they they'd both gotten a bit more. They'd had like I think a year or so to kind of get on top of, um, you know, releasing games and having better marketing and stuff. But the Wii U didn't have something like a PS2 to compete with at launch that it could fuck still... it over completely. And yeah, it uh, still it's managed still... to mess it up. It's after the Wii, I think that's what makes it so bad as well. That's why for a lot of people in the industry, they were thinking, is Nintendo just going to not make consoles anymore because that they was... sold how poorly the Wii U was doing at the time is the rumour was it maybe they're just going to stop making consoles maybe they're going to go you know they'll, or they'll go back and make a handheld and then instead they went no what we're going to make both we're going to do <laughs> both at once and outsell fucking everything and um I think like maybe just to, to round out we can let's go just talk about like the video games themselves okay yeah let's, uh, what are the highest selling video games or what have you on there uh, well, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, right? Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart is... 8, sorry, because Deluxe is the, the Switch version, but... Haven't they um... sold more copies of Mario Kart 8 than they sold Wii U's? No, so Wii U, Mario Kart 8 managed to sell like 8 million, 9 million units. I think it's something like 8.92 million, which means like 75% of people who had a Wii U got it. That's crazy. Um, And then after that, went on to sell like 53 million on the switch as well oh yeah i mean as a game yeah there's been more copies of like a, what was initially a wii u game mm-hmm. being sold than there were wii u's in existence yeah yeah by many fold if you include the switch version yeah yeah there are more copies of mario kart 8 out there than there are wii u's so i just want to talk about the launch lineup okay and let's like, see like how badly did this go Bear in mind, this is 2012, so most of these games had already been out for like a solid year or two or three. Okay. Um, so launch games are Assassin's Creed 3, Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Darksiders 2, Epic Mickey 2, uh, Sports Connection, ESPN Sports Connection, um, FIFA 13, Funky Barn, Game Party Champions, uh, Just Dance 4, Mass Effect 3 Special Edition. Uh, first, like, big exclusive one is New Super Mario Bros. U. I was going to say, um, did, it did launch with a Mario it did, thing, yeah. right? Okay. But I was, this like, was, I was like, just thinking. The New Super Mario Bros. U were a lot of, like, kind of the the more mainstream talk was that people are kind of fed up with the New Super Mario Bros. style at this point. Mm-hmm. 
the, the, this was the fourth one and people were kind of like getting a bit tired of the same um you know art style and direction and stuff with those games uh you had ninja gaiden 3 razor's edge which i believe was like the fixed version of ninja gaiden 3 i think yeah there's like a weird thing about like that's the best version of the game up until so like the, the re-release one legitimate port that wasn't like a much worse version of the game that came out two years later looking playing way worse um because that was for example like arkham city and mass effect 3 yeah they'd like come out a couple of years ago and they were bad ports and they cost full price as well because that was the problem wasn't it it's not just that it's a bad the right an objectively worse looking version of the game that runs worse it Mm -hmm. costs as much as it did when it was brand new when you could pick it up second hand for the xbox 360 for For like a fiver fiver at the time yeah Um, you could buy a pre-owned like xbox 360 and every launch title on the um, wii u for less cost than the wii u in one game yeah (laughs) um then nintendo land uh rabbids land scribble notes unlimited sing party skylanders giants sonic and all-stars racing transformed tekken tag tournament 2 wii u edition which did have the mario luigi peach outfit yeah okay i will say that was pretty fun that was funny um transformers prime the game i don't know why they need to add the game but yeah sure uh, Warriors Orochi 3 Hyper, Wipeout 3, Your Shape Fitness Vault 2013, and Zombie U. Many of which were either quickly ported off the Wii U, or again, were bad ports of old games that were super yeah. cheap. Like, there is, there's not a killer app on there, is there? I, I would argue if it was a pack-in, Nintendo Land would have been. But because yeah, that, you had to then go buy it separately, it wasn't. It could have been that generation's um, uh, Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. And it's baffling that they didn't include it. We, the, one of the reasons Wii Sports was packaged, people don't know, they packaged Wii Sports with like every initial Wii sold, is yeah. because it was the easiest way to get across to people this is how the motion controls work. Because mm-hmm. all you do is you put it in, oh, it's a tennis game, swing like a tennis racket, and now you understand. And How like, did it, they not put Nintendo Land in with the Wii so U? hard to like communicate why the Wii U is a innovative, fun idea. But then I don't need to explain it to people. I need to show them Mario Run on Nintendo Land. And everyone I played that with went, oh, I get it. It's this like, is yeah, super it's like, fun. This it's is like awesome. the Switch, isn't it? Of like, how do you expect you to pull the controllers off and hand them one? Mm-hmm. Or the, it's baffling. Of like Every console that has like a unique game like that needs that thing that's packaged into the game. Like, was it like with PlayStation 5? Is it Astrobot's Play World, is it? Uh, Where it's like, oh, here's all the yeah, new features yeah. of your controller. The new to Astro play through Bot, this. Every time, you know, when the PS5 came out, it was like, pass them the DualSense, put AstroBot on, and they're like, my God, I can, like, feel the tip-taps running through my hands like, as he's running over different things. It's like, yeah, it was included in the console. And, like, I, I, I fail to believe that, like, the extra money they got from, like, buying, you know, selling Nintendo Land separate was worth not having that game to just, like, show off the capabilities of that console yeah. immediately. Because that thing, yeah, people come around to your house, isn't it? Oh, you got the new console. Um, show me what it does. What does the gamepad do? And if Sell you had like yeah. yeah, if you had any game on that list except for three, there was nothing you could do to show them why that was a value add to the console. Mm-hmm. And like even the Mario game, New Super Mario Bros. U, it's like, well what can the person on the, the gamepad do? Oh, they can click on the screen and add a platform okay great like yeah it's not really selling anything to me it's not really it's, it's, got anything yeah. going for it it's so frustrating to like think about of like how was that not packaged with the game mm-hmm. 
how did they not do that? Just say it's like as a value add of like this is to sell the on the the gimmick the the format. And you know there were there were quite a few other fantastic Wii U games over the the time. You know we had um the the Super Smash Bros game on there, Mario Kart um Pikmin three. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, obviously Breath of the Wild was like there, but also on the Switch. That, that was and a very wise decision. There's so many Wii U games that were great and great enough to just get ported to the Switch. Yeah, which and means it's now virtually there. Yeah, I think it was like it's Zombie U might be the only game on no, that that's list. That's on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, okay then. So in which case, then there's like there's almost nothing on that console of any value. There's like yeah, there's Nintendo Land maybe and. A couple, a couple, like there's Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD, but again, they are just ports of games you can play elsewhere. Um, but yeah, those kind of are sad, like, isn't it? The only real three games off the top of my head, I know there's a couple more, but like mm. that I can think of that didn't just end up on Switch and make Wii U almost completely defunct. Yeah, the the fact that like it has virtually nothing that it did that is uh, not able to be replicated, and a virtual console which was super in-depth and you had access for a long time not anymore to um virtual console both for the wii u and the wii which also had a really sprawling library and in terms of like a virtual console machine the wii u is impeccable it's got nearly every single zelda game on there as like a zelda fan that you know makes me very happy and it's like they they did a lot on there but now you can't buy those either so there's even less of a reason to have a wii u Never, like, you know, I will give props to Nintendo for having the balls for, like, 15 years after it got released to release a final patch for the 3DS that all it does is stop you from modding it. <laughs> like, the absolute balls to be like, we are, we, we're literally not going to support this thing anymore. We're going to release one more patch and all it does is make it impossible for you to mod. Yeah, they made two updates to the 3DS seven years after they stopped selling it and it was to shut down the shop and then stop you modding the console. So you can Just go and play the it. the biggest fuck you. It's a great idea. It's that thing about, I kind of respect it as a move of no fuck you. <laughs> and yeah. Um, if you've yeah, got any thoughts on like, yeah, what was your favourite Wii U game or bad um, video game movie adaptation, let us know in the comments and also let us know which wiki you thought won this week. Yeah, and thank you everybody for watching. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed our little Nintendo podcast by accident this week. Yeah, the ac- accidentally Nintendo. I can't wait for this to get a copyright struck because you know Nintendo. <laughs> they just hear the word Nintendo Did you and see John Leguizamo <laughs> and they're like, no, no, shut it down. Do you see that thing about like the Mario movie where they said in the Mario, the, the new one, mm-hmm. the new Mario movie has the Jumpman game in it? Which means that Mario exists in the Mario universe, which means that um, <laughs> Mario and Luigi in that game might have got a cease and desist letter from Nintendo <laughs> for using their IP. Oh, dear. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. <laughs>